the war against sexual immorality, which begins in our minds and hearts, it can't be won by trying harder to modify our behavior. Have you been in that position, follower of Jesus, as you have battled sexual temptation? Whatever it may look like, whatever, if it's porn, if it's, you know, fill in the blank, you've tried to modify your behavior. It's distressing you. You're like, I've tried and I've tried. God, help me, help me, help me. And you feel like you're not getting anywhere. That can be so discouraging. Well, this conversation is just for you. And maybe you are thinking to yourself, I've read the books, the Christian books on dealing with lust and sexual sin and sexual addiction. I've heard everything. This conversation is just for you. We don't want you to be defeated. We don't want you to be discouraged. And before we even begin this conversation, a couple of things. Number one, if you have little ones around, little ears, you might want to occupy them uh, elsewhere, uh, depending on where the conversation may go. But the other part of it, too, is you need to embrace the grace of God in your struggle. I think that many times we are much harder on ourselves than God is on us. The grace of God will meet you where you are. And that's exactly what this book is all about, hope and holiness, how the gospel enables and empowers sexual purity. John Fonville is the author, and he's the pastor at Paramount Church in Jacksonville, right across the state, and we're glad to have him with us this morning. Hey, John, good morning. How you doing? Hi. Hi. Great. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. You betcha. All right, so this resource is is different than some of the other ones, uh, as I was talking about a moment ago. You know, there's there's the how-to, how can I modify my behavior, et cetera, et cetera, do this, 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 very practical stuff. And I'm not saying that that's bad, but I'm saying there are a lot of men and women who battle sexual temptation and lust and pornography and all of that, and, and they've tried to take this approach— but it has not worked for them, and they are bewildered, they are confused, and yes, they are discouraged. You are coming at this from a somewhat different perspective, and it's gospel-centered. Tell us more. That's, uh, yeah, thank you. You're, you're exactly right. Uh, this book is birthed out of 13 years of uh, pastoring people through these types of difficult issues, but what, what I've seen throughout the years is this is exactly what you just said. Your introduction was perfect. They get lists of how to, how to do this, how to do that. Um, I've had people come to me and they say, well, I was told that if I have a bad thought, put, put a rubber band on my wrist and snap my wrist every time. And, well, that, that might remind you that you had a bad thought, but the, the, the rubber band has, problem is the rubber band has no power it doesn't have it doesn't have the ability to free you from your sin and so what these how-to steps do is is that they have great advice they have practical wisdom but what happens is is when we fail to uh, when we fail to carry out this helpful advice it just 
raises more expectations for us to realize that we have failed yet once again. And that just leaves us powerless to fight our sin. Mm. And uh, so I, uh, I have, uh, my church is very young and have lots of young people, but we have some older folks as well. And they also struggle with sin. And I think we all do, but they came to me and they said, you know, Pastor John, I just, I've tried everything. And I would sit down with them, and I would take them to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, which is which my book is um, based upon, verses 9 through 20. And I said, let's look at something that you might not know. Because the Apostle Paul was dealing with a group of Christians in Corinth that didn't know something. And he asked them repeatedly this simple question. He says, do you not know? And what Paul says they didn't know was the gospel. And it's so simple, yet so life-changing and transforming. So I would take, I would take my uh, church members, I would take them through these, this passage and just show them just verse after verse after verse. The Apostle Paul showing, unveiling to them the power and the hope of the gospel applied to this particular type of sin. And once they would go through this passage, it, it happened every time. Their eyes would be wide open. They said, wow, nobody's ever told me this before. I've never known this. And I said, I know, because I didn't know either. <laughs> because the, the one thing that we don't know is this. We don't know the gospel, at least as well as we should. But we know good, uh, good advice. Because God's law is written into our heart. So we, we know we're not supposed to sin. But what we don't know is, is the remedy for our sin. And this is what my book is about, is to give people hope for holiness through the, through the power of God's gospel. Hmm. This is, I told you it was a different approach, but it's a biblical approach. And so we're going to be talking more about that section of Scripture and how we can apply that to a struggle with sexual temptation and sexual sin. We're going to talk more about Corinth. We're talking about the Corinthians and the Apostle Paul writing to them. That was a very decadent culture. It was a culture that was filled with sexual immorality. Kind of sounds like us here today. Hope and holiness how the gospel enables and empowers sexual purity. This is something that really hits home for you, or maybe it's a a battle that somebody you know is dealing with. And as we talked about a moment ago, uh, you know, a lot of these uh, ways to modify behavior, they just, uh, it's not that they're bad, of course not. But a lot of times it's not enough for life change. So what do you do? And and what do you do if you're just so discouraged? This book is based on a section of Scripture, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, verses uh, 9 through 20, really. I want to go ahead and read this. I know that that John can kind of unpack some ideas here for us, but I I just want to go to the Word of God. So starting at verse 9, it says this, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor the effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor the drunkards, revilers, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Uh, Food is for the stomach and the stomach for food, but God will do away with both of them. Yet the body is not for immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord is for the body. Now, God has not only raised the Lord, but will also raise us up through his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take away the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? May it never be. Or do you not know that the one who joins himself to a prostitute is one in body with her? For he says, the two shall become one flesh. But the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee immorality. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body. But the immoral man sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. John, there is nothing like the Word of God to just set the tone for us. And and basically, your book walks through these verses And again, it's how the gospel enables and empowers sexual purity. Uh, Corinth, Paul's writing to believers in Corinth, what a culture that was, kind of like our culture today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It was a shocking culture if you walk down the street. (laughs) um, There's nothing, uh, nothing new under the sun. But what had happened was, was uh, Paul had preached the gospel to these uh, people in Corinth, and some had become believers, and some of the men who had been accustomed to, uh, let's just say like this, worshiping in temples, uh, they hadn't quite given up their sinful habits. And Paul comes to them and he says, he says to them, uh, there's something uh, that you don't know. And he says, for example, the passage that you just read, this, this my uh, book is based upon, he says, he says, guys, listen, do you not know that if you join your body to a prostitute, you've joined Christ into that action, which is an unthinkable act. that We, we couldn't imagine taking Christ and joining Christ himself uh, to a prostitute. And so the Apostle Paul talks about this doc, doctrine of being uh, of union with Christ, and he um, he says that we are so as believers we're so closely united to Christ that what we do with our bodies, our physical bodies, we actually bring Christ into that act, and that is such a powerful, powerful. Uh, enablement for us as Christians to 
pursue holiness because I don't think any believer would say, well, I would like to join Christ into my uh, pornography addiction hmm. or into my um, adulterous uh, relationship uh, problem against my spouse or whatever sin it might be. And the Apostle Paul is trying to take these gospel truths of that the believers didn't know, and he's trying to awaken them to the knowledge of the gospel and its implications. And he's teaching them that the gospel gives what what God's law demands. And so it's it's just so interesting that as you read through that passage, one thing is missing that is that fills bookstores today, and we had just talked about it in the past segment. Was the was was a um, a list of how to do's. Mm-hmm. He doesn't give relevant and practical advice because that just further imposes expectations and demands as conditions for success. And what happens is, is when we fail to live up to these imposed expectations and conditions, we just fall into further despair. But what the Apostle Paul does is he says, look, uh, the, the, the role of religion is not to give people just moral instruction to keep them from being dominated by sinful habits. He says there's something that you don't know. And... And so he introduces us to these uh, these powerful gospel truths that have the ability to sanctify our life. And that's the hope of the gospel, because the gospel, not, the gospel gives us a double blessing, not just the forgiveness of sin, but the empowerment for holiness, because we're new creations in Christ. And that's the hope that we tell believers, you don't have to be enslaved. You don't have to have a life of despair. You don't have to be crushed by your guilt. You don't have to be destroyed by your shame. There's hope. There's hope for holiness, and it comes through the gospel. Mm-hmm. Well said, my friend. John Fonville, our guest here this morning, we have just scratched the surface, but hopefully we have whetted your appetite for more. This book is powerful. A Hope and Holiness, How the Gospel Enables and Empowers Sexual Purity. There's much here. If you buy it, it's worth every penny. Work through it slowly and have your Bible uh, by your side as you read through this book. I, John, I think this is really going to help a lot of men and women in the church, and I'm so grateful for your ministry and for the fact that you wrote this book. Thank you for being with us this morning. Yeah, well, thank you for thank you all for having me. It was a it was a pleasure and delight. And uh, yeah, I just hope that people can get this book. And I um, because the Apostle Paul he he reintroduces us to a fresh knowledge of the gospel and its implications for sexual purity because he teaches us that the the gospel is the power of God for salvation. The whole package justification, sanctification, glorification. It's, it's, it's for the whole package, and it's the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and he can take this empowering message, this, this good news that gives us hope, and, and he can sanctify our life, and he can give us the kind of life that he has 
he has uh, created and redeemed us to have. 